everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. So on today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about facing the collective shadow with an open heart, which is really what we see happening, rising in the world is just a bunch of material from the collective shadow. So before we get into it, I just wanted to make a quick reminder, we are taking applications for our next private online group coaching program, which is called Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening, which is a 12-week, it's now extended to 12 weeks, program in psychological and spiritual self-work. So it really is an experiential group process that we're facilitating here. We've done it quite a few times now over the past year. We keep doing it because it's just, it's getting more and more powerful and more and more potent the more we do it. And we really just give people tools they need to connect to who they truly are, clear out trauma, uh, regulate their nervous system, which is so crucial during these times, and just many esoteric self-work tools uh, in order to really remember who you truly are and activate your deeper soul mission for being here. Um, and we do go into shadow work, and it is quite a powerful group process to engage in collective shadow work in line with what we're talking about, which is partially inspired by some of the group experiences we had as well recently owning our shadow in a group process, because this is really the uh, a, a small microcosm of what we hope to see ripple out into the world is more, you know, self-aware, heart-centered people who are here to really facilitate change and usher us into this new era. So we're going to be doing it over, the, this is going to be a fall slash winter program. Uh, the next one starts on November 22nd till February 10th. It's by application only. And if you're interested, you can go to fill out an application at awakenapply.com. That is awakenapply.com. Also as well, Bernhard on his veilofreality.com website has a little quick description so you can find out more about that. So let's get right into it. Um, this is, it's funny because I know we've done podcasts on shadow work so many times, but it's almost like we're trying to really drill this home because it comes up for us actually as well. Yeah, exactly. Shadow work, as I always said, we said is the name of the game. And I'm also putting the mirror on myself because to varying degrees, you know, what I see in the world because shadow work the even the the term has become very popular as well you know over the years uh even the new age and pop spiritual psychological circles everybody's talking about shadow work and whatnot but i see also a lot of distortions or not rather distortions but um, maybe oversimplifications of shadow work or maybe an intellectual understanding but not truly owning it and integrating it and applying it because it's easy to talk about triggers and projections when we're not triggered. <laughs> yeah. Right. And again, I'm putting the mirror on myself, you know, it's really delicate. It's very really hard right now in this day and age as more darkness is coming out with the polarization, with the splitting of humanity, which we see in our personal lives collectively, right? To really stay in zero point and not project uh, our shadow outwardly it's onto the other side, so to speak, or onto others, Right. And it's, I've seen it also that's it's so much easier always to point out externally what is wrong and see the evil externally and try to eradicate externally. But what I've realized also now is, you know, I, I'm continuously working on my own shadow and, and integrating it in the process of individuation, which we also talked about in a recent podcast episode, is this continuing work, right? To really own, um, 
the, these parts of yourself, which we usually only see externally. And many people say, you know, what I've also noticed, and I've said this before, haven't we learned from history what's happening now? Happened in maybe in Eastern Germany, back, you know, World War II, Nazi Germany, and, and all of that. And have we not learned from history? Have we not learned from history? And what I've realized, really in light of shadow work, that just an intellectual understanding of history is not equal to learning from history, right? Because the work is to be done within. And as long as we have not faced our darkness, our shadow, and also collectively as well, and really do the work, we will in mechanical repetitive patterns, because whatever we do not confront within ourselves, our unconscious shadow will play itself out externally as fate in the collective shadow, as even Carl Jung has said. Hence, we do not learn from history, not because we ha don't have an intellectual understanding of history, but we do not engage in the work. Yeah. And also, which we'll get into later, we probably don't learn from history because we're identifying with the victim and not the perpetrator. Exactly. And the perpetrator yeah. usually is the one who becomes a projection of the shadow. So we're going to begin by actually just defining the personal shadow and the collective shadow to give some context. So the personal shadow, I think David Rico, um, I think it's in his book on the shadow that he shadow has. Shadow dance. Yeah, that he has this quote. So... The shadow is everything about ourselves that we do not know or refuse to know, both dark and light. It is the sum total of the positive and negative traits, feelings, beliefs, and potentials that we refuse to identify as our own. The shadow is a part of us that is incompatible with who we think we are or are supposed to be. It is the realm beyond our limits, the place where we are more than we seem. The shadow is ironically humorous because the opposite of our self-image proves to be true in spite of all our tricky attempts to not believe it or display it. Fear of that wider self keeps it in the dungeon. He means the unconscious, but there are ways to release that prisoner. It takes practice. The challenge is accepting ourselves all the way to the bottom, admitting and holding rather than denying and eschewing our arrogance, our self-centeredness, our will to coerce others, and any other dark truths we cannot face about ourselves. All of these constitute our negative shadow side, which can turn out to be not so much a threat as a promise. We can find the best in us based on what is bad in us. We shall see how the counterpart of every negative in the human equation is something positive. Everything is meant for good, says St. Augustine, Augustine, even what is bad. So that's just a description of the personal shadow. And the key thing is that it's what we do not know or refuse to know. So the more that we're like, oh, I would never be like that. I'm not this kind of person, but I see it in other people. That's the most, that's that's a moment to actually check yourself because I have to do it constantly. Actually, the more we talk about shadow work and go through shadow work in the course, the more I can actually escape it because I'm constantly talking about it. I'm constantly leading the group through this process. And then I realize it's like, it's a really intense process to actually withdraw those projections and just really constantly look for your own evil persona within your own psyche. It's really humbling work. And it can be actually very heartbreaking, which is why compassion, compassion is such a necessary piece of doing that. So then we have this personal shadow, right? Any part of ourselves that we deny, repress, 
Um, we exile it. We pretend that we would never be like that. Usually because of cultural conditioning tells you that you need to be a certain way to get approval, attention, love. So we become this self-image of ourselves and repress anything that we think is unacceptable to the shadow. And we only see it externally. And then, and then as a, yeah, we, then we end up projecting that part of ourselves unconsciously externally. And that's actually the way that our shadow makes itself known in spite of all of our attempts to suppress it is through projection. Um, so we have this personal shadow, right? And then we also have a collective shadow. And our personal shadow actually often will connect us uh, to the collective shadow as well. So um, this is from actually some of the material in our course. I, either you or I wrote this or us together. Um, not only do we have a conscious, have you make conscious the shadow on a personal level, but it also shows up in collective themes and collective patterns. So each nation holds a shadow, each culture, each group can hold a collective shadow and collective unconscious within itself. The themes show up in culture of each time period, most apparently including the art, music, and any for other forms of creative expression. The cultural trends within each country and group are an expression of archetypal themes expressed from the collective unconscious. If we look at the movies, music, art of mainstream Western culture, we can see more violence, more dark, vulgar, crude themes, more graphic sexuality than ever before. These themes hold clues to the intensity, density, and blackness of the shadow material that is arising from the collective unconscious within the modern world. In making the darkness conscious, we are also transmuting energies of this collective shadow, which is a mass effort of bringing all that is hidden in the shadows of humanity to light. And so just some examples of um, is this toxic feminine and toxic masculine dance, huge shadow material on both sides arising there. Um, the left versus right, we'll talk about that later. But the point of understanding this is we actually have to first access the personal shadow before we can tune into the collective shadow with any degree of consciousness or clarity. Meaning if you're just constantly noticing all the evil that you see in the world right now and you're not actually looking for the manipulative, selfish aspect within yourself, you know, the evil part of ourselves also manifests as ignorance, then we're not really doing this work because it's very easy to do. And, and, and it really takes a turning around of the focus. Doesn't mean we can't notice things going on in the world and, and have our own points of view about it. But the more that we're disgusted, you know, like repulsed, I've heard all of these words a lot lately from people, the more it points to unconscious shadow material. Yeah, so that's that's really important to understand the interrelationship between personal shadow and collective shadow. So as Laura said, we need to face our personal shadow before we can even deal with the collective shadow. But I would also to note the interrelationship between the personal and the collective shadow. So the less we have faced or people have faced their personal shadow, more suppressed it, the more it rises up in the collective shadow and yeah. externally. Yeah. And on that note, I know we've read a lot of quotes, and, but it's, it's really important. So I want to maybe read this uh, other quote by Carl Gustav Jung, the man himself, um, who coined the word shadow and shadow work. So he says, the change of character brought about by the uprush of collective forces is amazing. A gentle and reasonable being can be transformed into a maniac of a savage beast. One is always inclined, inclined to lay the blame on external circumstances, but nothing could explode in us if it had not been there. As a matter of fact, we are constantly living on the edge of a volcano, and there is, so far as we know, no way of protecting ourselves from a possible outburst that will destroy everybody within reach. 
it is certainly a good thing to preach reason and common sense. But what if you have a lunatic asylum for an audience or a crowd in a collective frenzy? There's not much difference between them because the madman and the mob are both moved by impersonal or overwhelming forces. Whenever contents of the collective unconscious become activated, they have a disturbing effect on the conscious mind and contusion, contusion ensues. If the activation is due to the collapse of the individual's hopes and expectations, there's the danger that the collective unconscious may take a place of reality. This state would be pathological. If, on the other hand, the activation is the result of psychological processes in the unconscious of the people, the individual may feel threatened or at any rate disoriented, but the resultant state is not pathological, at least so far as the individual is concerned. Nevertheless, the mental state of the people as a whole might well be compared to psychosis. So that's what we can see right now. Let's see, you know, we talk generally about the collective conscious and definitions, but let's look at it in concrete terms of the seeing right now, the pathology, for example, what we see right now with be it what called the COVID cult or the woke cult of people that have been overtaken by their own shadow and project externally, right? With the whole disgust, with their hate towards, for example, people who uh, question the vaccine and all of that, right? Or don't buy into the official story and, and all of that. So here we see the shadow playing out to varying degrees, as well as, you know, especially in, you know, and also these leftist woke ideologies, um, which is also literally all based on a lot of shadow projection and suppression. And it's coming out neurotically like a psychosis, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking also about like the woke left and their focus on, you know, seeing racism everywhere. And I actually think there might be a divine intelligence to it because there is a shadow to America that needs to be faced. The problem is, is they're identifying the shadow, part of the shadow of America, and then they're seeing it everywhere in themselves instead of recognizing, you know, like this might be telling me something about my own nature rather than the institutions in America, which is clear projection. Well, that's the clear, they're projecting their own racism externally yes that's yeah. why it's so triggered that's the irony if you understand shadow work is they are truly the racists and that's why it's that scary sense. because they are encouraging segregation which is segregation based on unconscious racism but all that aside we gotta always like we're gonna work on this podcast by actually constantly checking ourselves on our own shadow projections as well, because this is coming up on both sides. So the yep, more we're eager true. to point the finger out there, the more it actually point, points to the sign that our sh own personal shadow is being activated. Doesn't mean we can't notice things, doesn't mean we can't have certain beliefs, talk about them, etc. you know? But this is m the main polarization you see happening is this like the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. Yeah. And that's and 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 I see a lot of people, including myself, falling prey to this, you know. And actually I had a big wake up call um recently, you know, being amongst kind of consensus people who I know don't share my beliefs and who probably ha have gotten the vax. They didn't ask me anything about whether I did. They weren't treating me any different, but I was expecting them to in my own mind, which proves that also I was buying into this division. You know, if, if I'm expecting the world to be a certain way, then I'm most likely also in some way or form going to unconsciously act out that belief in the world. So I want to also 
you know, I know that it's different for some people, especially if you're living in a blue state right now. It's 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 a very different experience than where we are, which is in Arizona, you know. But we have to also watch out for the 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 media is trying to fan the flames of the division right now, and then it becomes this massive collective shadow dance between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, the woke and the not woke, and. And and I'm not taking like a, a um a spiritual bypass or being like, let's just be neutral. Obviously I have my own opinions about this, but I'm just saying to be aware of the emotional and psychic content, which is being activated within you right now. Um, because that's 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 where the rubber hits the road. That's why we've said this time and time again in our podcast. It's like the best time to engage in self-work because the shadow material, the projections, the triggers are out of this, like, you know, they're just insane right now. So we really want to just constantly check ourselves and and, and and notice how we try to make demons out of the outer, outer world constantly, you know? And the reason I said facing the collective shadow with an open heart, because that really gives you the answer on how we're about to do, how we need to do this is we actually have to yeah. access compassion. And I'm not saying to practice blind compassion or to use this as an excuse, but the only way that we can actually face a collective shadow right now is if we do it with an open heart towards what's coming up within ourselves and what we see in the outer world world and how that's yeah. affecting us yeah well said yeah exactly it's not black and white so that's what it comes down to but i wanted to just, um, give it a little example of some class or a classic example of shadow projection in this case of a vaxxed person onto unvaxxed people and it is by uh this quote journalist i don't know if it's a journalist still uh keith alberman or is a comment political commentator he used to have a political show i actually liked him many many years ago when i was also still more in my liberal face i guess he was more grounded but ever since trump he had ex one of the most extreme tds ever trump derangement syndrome he truly hates this guy so there's already shadow projection happening but he recently uh, posted a selfie video which i want to share when he got the the booster shot and listen listen to to what he talks about and then then i comment on it one second Booster shot. Mission accomplished. And it is. It is time to stop coddling them, the ones who won't get the damn shot already. And our first step, you and I, is symbols, the language we use. We call these people vaccine hesitant, vaccine skeptics, anti-vax. We say they're protesting mandates and passports. They're making a personal choice. They're waiting for more information. They're making a medical decision. Bullshit! They're afraid. They're afraid to get vaccinated. Stop feeding their egos about what they're doing. Stop legitimizing it. Vaccine hesitant, they're afraid. Vaccine skeptics, they're afraid. Anti-vax, they're afraid. They're protesting mandates in passports. They're afraid. They're making a personal choice. So then he so goes on and on like about, you know, saying how the unvaxxed are afraid and afraid and uh you know you just can see it in his voice first of all he's extremely angry there's always this anger anger like very toxic anger like almost hate and rage behind it but this is a very classic example of shadow projection because what he's really doing he's projecting his own unacknowledged unconscious fear onto the unvaxxed and that's what we're seeing more and more that's why a lot of People who promote the the vaccine, you know, 
full on and without questioning and promote the mandate and the passport and become very aggressive about it, they're unconsciously afraid that they have done the wrong choice, actually. That's his own fear coming through of having done the wrong choice, his own guilt that he might have actually screwed up. And he's projecting his own shadow, unconscious fear onto the uh, quote-unquote vax hesitant, telling them that they are afraid. Yeah, there's a few things to unpack there. Number one, you know, if we get triggered by that, like for me, I I own my, I can own my fear of death. I feel this pretty much every day. Um, and so everyone has a fear. I think a lot of us actually do hold a fear of getting the vaccine because of the adverse side effects, because we don't want to ruin our health and our body. So he's right about that, you know? Um, so I can acknowledge that, but the voice that he uses and his yeah, delivery exactly. actually proves that there's shadow projection happening, which is a really imp important thing to note because there can be times when people do project their shadow onto us where what they're saying is actually true, but it's a shadow projection. And that's why it's really important to have a level of discernment when you're engaging in it rather than wanting to just point the finger back on him and be like, you're a shadow projecting. I'm not afraid, you know, because <laughs> that's what because it's very it, it's almost infectious. You know, when people project their shadow, it isn't almost infectious. It is infectious. So when there's like someone talking shit about someone on Facebook, you notice how like a lot of other people will jump in and start talking sh shit too, basically. Yeah, it's not even a, it's not even a dance because there's no one dancing on the opposite side. It's like it's infectious. So we, we have to be aware of that. And like, you know, anytime that someone says anything towards us, it takes a certain level of entombment and understanding your own emotions and triggers to be like, is this upsetting to me? And if it is upsetting to me, why? And am I able to own that part of myself, you know? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that like, you know, it's very obvious he's demonstrating common shadow behaviors, like tendency to harshly judge others, calling others names, abusing power, playing the victim, etc. you know? At the same time, I can see, I can notice in myself while listening to him that automatically there's this like part of me that wants to shadow project in return to him and that's how i can like tell. take him down yes, basically exactly exactly yeah. and that's and that's actually because not even take him down be like i mean i'm not afraid you're afraid you know you're just yeah. obviously projecting your shadow um and that now I can, and just made me have this aha moment because the shadow is an archetypal energy and archetypal energies are very powerful and they can take us over. And so it just made me realize, you know, like there's an archetypal energy, the shadow dance going on between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. And I find myself hooking into it through my own personal shadow quite a lot and even listening to him, you know. But but yeah, that, that but that voice that he made was such a perfect example of like knowing when your own shadow material is activated, like just even the childishness of it. Yeah, that's like almost like in a child coming through, like you know, yeah. who knows, you know, how he what his inner child actually needed a hug and what child abuse or what trauma he has gone through. You know, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matters we're dealing not with adults but mostly with uh, children in adult suits that yeah. just traumatized and now it comes yeah. out right yeah. neurotically. Yeah, and we're all afraid as human beings. We all hold the, the like fear in us. It's just a regular human emotion. Never mind going through this cycle together. I think. There's a there's a level of fear that's infecting pretty much almost everyone because we don't know what is happening, you know. Now, I want to also um, point out what you just said is very important because I hold the mirror against on myself as well. 
this whole idea it's not nothing bad when you get triggered or nothing bad when you project actually projection is the function of your psyche that's what we do period we're always projecting it's just knowing how you do it and when you do it and what's the purpose of projecting is to become wholesome to learn about yourself that's the feedback mechanism of reality yes right yeah. so i can see myself also i'm st i get triggered you know and emotionally reactive can easily feed into that um you know loose so to speak which also from an occult perspective we can talk about later from the hyperdimensional perspective that's where also these occult forces entities tag into feed off of that's yeah. why like you mentioned on on facebook you know when people start gossiping and talk shit about a person and other people join in it's a feeding frenzy it's not even which other forces feed off of right yeah and it makes you feel better by talking quote-unquote shit about another person um, you know, engaging in this in these projections from your own hurt and wounding. You know, and and I always remember that I also know it myself. You know, I I already examined that within myself because I've done I've sometimes in the past talked shit, sometimes here and there as well, get upset about other people, get triggered, right? But it's always from the past in the past when I did it more because unconsciously or deep inside I was just not happy with myself. Something was off in my life you know anything yeah and uh, it would come out then just making myself feel better by you know digging a hole under another another person basically by talking shit about another person right yeah. or even nowadays when i sometimes you know get upset you know something's not right you know if i don't own it i i my psyche or myself automatically find tries to find a target to project it on mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. in order to just have an outlet that's yeah. why a lot of people sometimes that get upset you meet in, on the street or even in everyday life and they, they get triggered by uh, you or something. It's actually not about you. It's, it's, it's just it relates to what's going on in their lives in that present moment. Mm -hmm. So if you're not, if you're truly content within yourself, not only content, happy, like superficially, but really connected to essence to who you truly are, yeah. right? You do not get triggered. You don't you don't waste your time and energy talking shit about other people because you're busy with your own creative energy and what you're here to do. Yeah. Right? And and that's the, the point of like striving towards like doing shadow work is striving towards wholeness rather than this yes. idealized self-image that we have. That's and a we, key point. And we tend to actually like even with myself, um, lately I've just I've been going through some twelfth house transits for those who know know astrology. So I just feel this intense withdrawing and going inwards, never mind all these retrograde planets as well, you know, and it's intense. It's really intense. You're just kind of sitting in your own muck the moment that you withdraw these projections from the outer world. But I just realized as you were speaking, you know, like it's it's not about our tendency to get triggered or project. But what's interesting about you and I, since we're constantly engaging in this work and our group coaching, it's like we call each other out a lot and we have, you know, we have permission to do that most Calling of the time. Calling out meaning like just giving a mirror. Yeah. Right? So like if I like, you know, if I notice you're talking about someone and I'm like, OK, what, what, what could be your own shadow material that's 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 arising there? And I do it in a way that's compassionate and curious. It can be very enlightening. And that's yeah. actually when the projection tends to dissolve. The moment we can really find the seed of the projection within ourselves, it releases a lot of that uh, that psychic energy. I notice that's yeah. why that's why it's really worth it to do this kind of work because if we can use these projections we get from the outer world and 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 this kind of shadow material that's arising from the collective unconscious 
it's it's so freeing and it's it, it's it's just you really just become who you truly are through yeah. doing this process and it's worth it so i just want to actually give a quote by carl jung um about withdrawing projections because this is one of my favorite quotes of his and i think about this a lot lately and i think that if we all did this a little bit it would really help what's going on in the intense polarization and division we see happening so he says if you imagine someone who is brave enough to withdraw all his projections, then you get an individual who is conscious of a pretty thick shadow. Such a man has saddled himself with new problems and conflicts. He has become a serious problem to himself as he is un now unable to say that they do this or that they are wrong and they must be fought against. Such a man knows that whatever is wrong in the world is in himself. And if he only learns to deal with his own shadow, he has done something real for the world. He has succeeded in shouldering at least an infinite tessel, part of the gigantic unsolved social problems of our day. Mm -hmm. And he wrote that in 1938. And that's what I think our own personal work is, is just to take a moment, maybe over this winter, withdraw some of the projections we see from the outer world and turn that energy inwards we're going to be giving some reflection questions on how you can do that at the end of this call but just you know just on a basic level think of something that you hate in the outer world and have you seen that quality in yourself in the past or maybe in the present do you judge yourself for having that quality has anyone ever called you that quality in the past you know there's a real there's a real intelligence the moment you turn inwards. And I also have to say, I just realized as you were speaking is like, maybe it's my Scorpio nature, but I just trust people who own their dark side so much more. Mm. Like automatically it facilitates intimacy for me. I'm like, okay, you can own your shit. That's amazing. You mm. know? And, and, and that to me is, 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 is where a real relationship can arise. Yeah. yeah. Now very well said. And also what you mentioned as well, very important to understand that shadow work is not about being perfect, right? It's not, not about not being triggered and always being nice and not having things affect us. It's about being wholesome, being whole, individuated, yes. right? That yes. accepting our quote, uh, dark side and, 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 and the good side and, and, and integrating the shadow also, by the way, doesn't mean acting it out. I see a lot of it uh, also in, in pop, spiritual, new age circles, <laughs> when then, you know, indulging your shadow and all of that. It's not about acting it out, right? Yeah. Uh, it's about owning it and integrating it, yeah. which is, uh, is not mechanically acting it out. It's this huge difference. Mm. But I want to add to what you say in light of shadow work. Okay, of course, also, before we can engage into shadow work, we need to understand what it is, how it works. Hence, we offer the course, for example, to dive deeper into the principles because I still see a lot of people not understanding the principles and truly apply it. There's a lot of distortions, oversimplifications in, in the new age and whatnot. Yeah. You know? But also, you don't necessarily need to go to our course. You can do it yourself. Right? Just Google. Just Google shadow work. <laughs> Nowadays, there's going to be a I mean, few books. I remember I started shadow work like I had, had to confront myself when I heard about Cole Young in, in the 90s and I read tons of book on the shadow mm. by himself, by others, by David Rico. I have a whole folder of shadow work, you know, like writing it down and all of that. But also there's another trap within that. Um, I have also, when I first started out, intellectualized the process, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I had a good intellectual understanding of shadow work and even fooled my, because of my strong intellect, understanding shadow work, understanding where it comes from, my childhood and whatnot. Yeah. You know, my intellect reasoning that, 
I fooled because I understand the reason of why I get triggered and whatnot that I healed and moved on. No, but it was still stuck in my body. So the key point is also to process that somatically through yes, your body. Which is intense. Which by is the extremely way. intense. And we have some very powerful somatic meditations in our course, which has also like had profound effects on, on the participants. Yeah. We guided them through. So, yeah. so it's, but I'm just pointing out, yeah, you can learn it yourself. But as I said, there's only so much self-work you can do on your own and you are blind to your shadows. That's why it's important to do this work with others where others can mirror us back aware of our blind spots and not indulge in the shadow projection, which many of us, we do. I'm mm -hmm. not, again, especially on social media and all of that, no matter what side you're on, the left projects on the right, the right projects on the left, for example, yeah, in the political exhausting. spectrum, you know? Yeah. So that's that's one thing to very important to yeah. understand. Another thing is also very cute to understand. It's a huge red flag for me when somebody says, well, I've done already all the shadow work. I'm done and over. I've done shadow work for 20, 30 years. I'm done with it. I'm over with it. Claiming to be done and over shadow work is equally claiming to be fully individuate enlightened so mm. to speak right yeah and you can also in quote 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 unquote waste a lot of time uh, you know if you do not apply shadow work truly but maybe in an intellectual way you know and and maybe not fully sincerely and even recently um i posted a clip from a podcast we had with eve lorgan you know it's uh, you know followers of our work know her very well she is a also more into the fringe anomalous trauma. She's the author of A Dark Side of Cupid and The Love Bite. And in the second hour, we talked exactly about this, what she's, what she's experienced as well, these red flags of people, you know, especially in the spiritual circles, New Age, fringe, or even the topics I bring up of people looking for advanced knowledge, advanced therapies, modalities, how to ascend to a 5D, That's get a rid of entities. That's spiritual ego shadow. Exactly, you know, yeah. but not still doing the very basic core work of inner child work, shadow work is in particular and all of that, yeah. right? Because sometimes, you know, with even when we, people I apply for the course, they say, oh, this, this, you know, I've, I've done this already. I'm pretty, you know, I'm, you know, I don't think I need to work on this. It's a red flag for me already because you're overestimating yourself. You're overestimating your level of being because the work, as many masters have said, it's always the same work. It just becomes more refined and refined and refined, Yeah. right? Because in, especially in relationship, the shadow truly comes out. You know, it's so easy to avoid your shadow when you just isolate yourself and by yourself all the time. Yeah. When you're really in a conscious evolutionary relationship with both partners engaged in the work, that's when the shadow, we've seen this in our relationship. It's catapulting. It's like a catalyst. Well, the shadow material comes up even if you're in a relationship where people aren't engaged in the Exactly, work. but when you get engaged it's more powerful to work on it right yeah if you i mean yes like like if you have someone who's also engaged in growth it's so much better because they can check you you yeah, know that, that, but that's what and i mean it's like, powerful because you know, it's like even with us like you can help me on my blind spots you know especially because the shadow when the shadow takes over us we really just want to be right and we just really exactly. want to be right about this person you know no but um, it's a key point because i've done so much shadow on my own like and i've thought a work through but a lot of stuff then came into my flying into my face when we started our relationship yeah that's when it gets really deeply triggered right yeah, that's yes. why you cannot do shadow work just by yourself well, you can, I to think. To a degree. Let's, I think you yeah. can definitely do it by yourself if you want to, and you're sincere in really wanting to own these parts of yourselves. 
But I think as the work gets more refined, like what I've noticed in the group process, like it's it's just crazy the healing that comes up when you're in a group container and everyone's owning their own shadow projections. Like it's just amazing. This is not something that you see yeah. in everyday life very often, you know. Yeah, because there's magic that happens, especially in group. People have done group work before in a sincere group engaged in this work. There's magic happen because you also get out of the tunnel vision of your own stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which we can also narcissistically get involved our own stuff constantly and get overburdened with it. But if you do process of others seeing what other people deal with and can even relate, it kind of triggers a deeper empathy and compassion and more deeper healing occurs. Yeah, and it's for just holding the space. you know, it's a very unique situation. I know it's it's ironic, but my own shadow gets triggered because I expect that, you know, the kind of work that I do um, the psycho spiritual focus, I project that onto the world, wanting the other world, the world to be that way and wanting the world to own their stuff and be vulnerable and like be connected with their body and emotions, you know? And do I judge myself when I'm not having those moments in myself? Yes. So my own shadow material gets triggered with the world all the time. So it's interesting because it's almost like with the group, like, this is a very rare thing to be in a group container with people who are being like this. And that's why I treasure it so much. And that's why I can see the healing is happening on a multidimensional level when you're around people who do this, you know, and even just noticing you like, you know, the, when I when I point out when your shadow is getting activated and things you're talking about and stuff you're experiencing and then watching you own it and work through it. I'm like, whoa, this is magical. This is exactly how the world doesn't work, you know. Yeah. So it's really powerful to do it with other people because it's almost like this weird repair for us, because I think a lot of you know, the suffering we experience, we experience suffering from getting old, dying, losing people we love, you know, our bodies breaking down, we experience basic suffering in life. But then we add all this extra suffering on top of the suffering that is already part of the human experience. And the layers of suffering we deal with when we just constantly projecting our shit and causing harm to people in the outer world that we don't even know complete strangers a lot of the time is just like additional suffering so it's like we take away some of the suffering that yeah. we see in the world by just taking responsibility for our own peace in it you know um and looking at like you know the america has this massive massive shadow around materialism narcissism sexualization sexual pathology sociopathy and instead of just pointing out what's wrong in that, looking for all these characteristics within ourselves, because the point is, is to ally with the shadow, to always carry that kind of like devil on your shoulder and be cognizant of it. Because if you don't, you suppress it to the unconscious where it tends to wreak havoc in our lives. That reminds me of, isn't there an expression in Buddhism or Tibetan Buddhism about unnecessary, like, unnecessary suffering and real suffering? Like, yeah, exactly. You know what I, mean? it's, that, I, I forget what it's called, but I, I think I once I heard it called it like suffering on top of suffering. Exactly, because many of us, like that's that's important. I want to note, note this out because Adi Ashanti talked about it, Gurdjieff as well. There's a lot of unnecessary suffering. We're addicted to suffering when we indulge in shadow projection. Yes. Right, our triggers yeah. and all of that and yeah. don't take ownership. Most of us uh, suffer... Uh, 
needle unnecessarily literally and i remember gurdjieff talked about this mechanical suffering we suffer mechanically because we, we lack self-awareness we don't understand the work we project constantly yeah. right we're not aware of our own self-importance narcissism and see it only externally and whatnot yes. our own entitlement and all of that but what is important is what gurdjieff called conscious suffering meaning not acting on mechanically on our triggers but keeping that reaction that 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 then ignites the alchemical fire within and creates friction which is hard to hold because it's much more relieving probably even a dopamine release if we project externally it makes us quote feel good right there's a certain release to that yeah if we project it externally it, but for example on that note like what also recently came up in a group that was really uh, beautiful you know we see nowadays all these projections like people like my ex is a narcissist, all these narcissists out there and all of that, yeah. you know, selfish people. And, and definitely they're full on NPD, uh, narcissistic personality disorders, psychopaths, sociopaths on a higher level. But ultimately is facing your own shadow and facing your own narcissism because all of us, unless you're completely spiritualized, enlightened, are inherently narcissistic. Yes. Meaning we are first and foremost, if you're really honest with yourself, concerned for your own well-being yeah on all levels i can see it in myself i'm not taking myself out of the equation right the, there's the also ego. the ba basic ego identification yes. right yeah. so yeah. that's the and that's you know yes we need there needs to be healthy self-esteem and all of that and healthy self-confidence but ultimately once the biggest shadows most people are not acknowledge is your own narcissism and then you project it externally on your partner my partner is so narcissistic and this and that yeah right but we had this one great process also within the group and you know uh someone realized like actually it was not the narciss the narcissism of of their partner was actually related to their own unconscious unacknowledged narcissism so yeah. we need to also face our own selfishness for example i wrote an article five years ago now, about Trump when he got into power, Donald Trump in the shadow of America. People are triggered by him like, yes, because he has this extreme self-confidence, self-confident, and also some narcissistic qualities, absolutely. Yeah, because <laughs> he's, he's a Pluto and Leo person, by the way. You know, but you know <laughs> what I mean? But people get triggered by it because it triggers their own unconscious narcissism, their exactly. own unconscious yeah. materialism, you know, yeah. what you, the, uh, the, the shadow of America and all of that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it, but as long as you project externally, like the socialist left is now tax the rich and all this nonsense. This is just all shadow projection. This is not going to resolve anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's really that's really important. I was actually recently, just because I needed a break from the news, I got really into the whole true crime movement on, uh, on Reddit and other forums, you know, and I was just researching, uh, you know, just researching true crime cases and go going deep down the rabbit hole there. And then at one point I was like, reading up traits of a narcissist sociopath. And for example, you know, a quest for power, behaviors that seek love and admiration, uh, wholly self-serving, acts as a producer, director of their show, entitlement, all of these are qualities which I hold within myself, you know? And it's really important we look at that because that's the point of doing the shadow work is become conscious of your this own side of you, develop a relationship uh, with it so that, because from the unconscious, it wreaks havoc in our lives. That's the issue with it, is yeah. if we're not willing to acknowledge these qualities within ourselves, then they get suppressed into the unconscious and then they drive our lives from a from an unconscious place. Um, and you see that everywhere, like, you, you know, the selfie culture, oh my God, that we live in these days. Like maybe I'm just speaking for women, but 
It's just very, I mean, men do the self, the, the filters too, but it's very disturbing these days going on Instagram and seeing these faces, which are heavily filtered, not real people, you know, and just this basic narcissism, which you've become accustomed to and has become the status quo. Um, so we don't even know what real people look like anymore because we're used to seeing these filtered versions of people. This has been going on for a while in the media, but now it's even blown up even worse. And now I even heard, this is crazy, that it's really common for plastic surgeons to when when they get for clients of plastic surgeons to come in with their selfie filtered face, you know, their Snapchat version of themselves or whatever with they look like with all these filters on to make themselves look like this AI generated image of themselves. And it's crazy. It's really it's really disturbing to witness how we're just traumatizing ourselves in this deep way because we have this distorted view on what a human being is. Again, relates to becoming this idealized self-image we have of ourselves, you know. Yeah, there's a huge shadow on that, you know, on that note, that's a whole trigger topic. It's almost I see this elephant in the living room and at the uh, you know, potential of triggering some of our listeners, but in light of shadow work, own your triggers, right? There's almost like it's fascinating. It's very it's an epidemic of this whole Botox shots, and I see it all over, especially social media, and especially um, women getting young and younger in their twenties and thirties injecting themselves with Botox shots to have these puffy lips, you know, or stretch their skin. I think that's. And, I don't know if that's Botox. I think that's another thing, though. But continue. oh, sorry, I'm just like. <laughs> But whatever that is, you know. Yeah, the what, fillers. They're the called fillers. fillers the yeah. fillers. Yeah, yeah. You know, to and for me, like it's so obvious, and it, you know, uh, that that this is artificial. You can tell it; it's not natural. Yeah. But like you said, because women are so that's 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 their own shadow. This comes from wounding. Any any form of surgical or Botox type of of uh, um, you know intrusion into your own body comes from either like your own insecurity on a very basic level or basic trauma and childhood wounding it's part of, of, of not really owning your body as you are or severe, as you mentioned, social, cultural conditioning through the filters, Photoshop and what they see in culture. Yeah. And then it's being denied, like, I'll oh, just do it because if, uh, I feel better it about it, feel I feel better, good. Yeah, Whatever yeah. the intellect, the wound itself reasons it with, right? Yeah. And, you know, but also the shadow is also feeding off the admiration you know or, yeah, or the attention it's related to the of other people especially yeah. especially opposite sex yes right? yeah 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 exactly and i think you know it's such an interesting like study because it's become recently popular especially with younger women because it's like we have this idealized literal image of ourselves based off of this ai constructed version of what a perfect version of ourselves would look like and then we're physically trying to become that idealized image the same yeah. way that we identify with our idealized self image of all the positive traits we have in our head it's happening in a physical way now and it's pathology you know? normalized and and we don't and and we don't even really i mean it'll be interesting to see in like you know 100 years how this plays out but like we don't know what real people look like anymore we don't know what a real 30 or 40 year old that's, 50 that's, year old looks like anymore you know because it's been it's become so distorted and then never mind the collective you know the people who are influencing the collective are these celebrities who by the norm it, they have yeah. all of these uh surgeries and 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 and, and, and that is definitely also america's shadow. yeah that's america's shadow the yeah. obsession with youth with beauty with materialism you know and with the physical body and 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 the thing is is it is it is really about not wanting to be real and not wanting to be whole. Yeah. 
Yes. Right? Like, because we don't want to look like a real human being. We don't want to get gray hair and wrinkles and get old, you know? That is actually an important part of the maturation process. That is being able to accept the basic suffering of life, not the extra suffering, but the basic suffering, getting old, dying, losing people you love, you know? And when we do that gracefully, we get the gift of maturity, but we're trying to keep ourselves infantilized on this ideal kind of child image, be like, oh, you're yeah. perfect. You yeah, know? but also like, I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole topic on itself. And that again, may trigger a lot of people, but I also see like women who engage in this cosmetic surgery, Botox, all of that extremely. It attracts, you know, on a very core level, it activates, you know, the opposite sex, lower animal nature, the lower vital sexual, but just yeah. sexual, basic yeah. attraction, basically on just superficial physical physicality right it's low animal nature it's lust it's not that's what activates the basic biological instinct and that's unfortunately then women feed off of that because of their own wounding and insecurity yeah and i think that there's a big i mean you see it in the collective culture in the music of these days and even tv shows coming becoming more crass more violent more obscene you know there's this real weird relationship that America has developed around beauty that's become mm. part of the collective shadow. Maybe we'll have to get into the second hour, you know? Yeah. But I have to say, okay, so like turning the mirror on myself mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, I use makeup. I love makeup, actually, as typical Libra, you know? Um, but at the same, and I can see as I'm getting older, you know, even though I have, I'm, I have the luck of Asian genes, you know? I actually have to accept my own mortality. I actually did it kind of young. At 27, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be attractive very much longer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's that's how young it hit me, <laughs> you know? But I accepted my own mortality and was like, okay, so I'm not going to, you know, even though I was super insecure in my most beautiful parts of my life, um, but I acknowledged, I was like, okay, so now I can't just glide by on looks anymore. That there was a realization uh, within myself. Yeah. And then I actually had to go through this deep process of understanding the true meaning of beauty, which is inner beauty. So if you have a sense of self-worth, a sense of value in yourself, this is more the Taurus expression of beauty versus the Venus expression of, uh, sorry, the Libra expression of beauty that radiates, you know, people who are just like, just super classy and in themselves and embodied and mature, like this has nothing to do with their external image. And it's it has extremely to do with, attractive. That yes, kind of it's, it's super attractive. Yeah. It's the most attractive thing that you can have. So we have to also get into a deeper relationship with this concept of beauty. Again, this is this kind of like teaching function of the shadow is that like through realizing and through accepting aging in my life, even though I'm sure a lot of people would be like, you're crazy, you still look young. You know, I had to accept my own mortality at a certain point in my life. And that actually through accepting that, through grieving that, it sucks. You know, it just because I was also used to people just being nice to me because of then liking how I looked or whatever, you know, it forced me to develop internally in a way which I was avoiding before. Mm -hmm. And so that is why, you know, we need to also look at the things we do to ourselves in order to try and fit this idealized self-image because the, the, the important thing is if we turn that energy into it and ask ourselves okay like what am i what am, what am i here to learn about this Who, what is this telling me about myself it can really force us in an important evolutionary process yeah. and that's also not to denounce physical beauty by the way it's not about like going the other extreme which like we see almost the the purposeful um debeautifying yeah of women you know it's which you see for example in the extreme left almost like 
to like purposely look ugly so to speak but i have to say there was a period even though i didn't do it in that extreme way where i did that to myself where i was just dressing very plain i even wore fake glasses to like hide my face a little bit and then i was just trying to see how the world responded to me if i wasn't trying to make myself look pretty and it was it was extremely illuminating mm-hmm. you know because it actually forced me to develop inner beauty and inner beautiful qualities yeah. it took a while but it that's what it forced me to now, do the, the, the key point is also taking off a physical you know uh, b- well being so to speak and then it rates and in your physical beauty but beauty as Sri Yobindo would say it, there's objective beauty right that doesn't come from the law of vital Mm-hmm. so to speak there's objective divine beauty which radiates from the inside out yeah absolutely you know yeah but the moment here is a reflection that's that's a shadow especially for the uh, u.s and i also can attest to that because i was a massage therapist used to work professionally in los angeles for 15 years and i've worked high-end clients even celebrities i mean like uh, the women i worked on two-thirds on a woman had some sort of plastic surgery and it didn't you know it was very uh, weird because the face looked kind of like force 30 but the rest of the body looked like 50 that was the real age you know so it's just it just doesn't fit it, it's it it's not natural but my point is when you see as a woman you know uh, you know that's where you apply the work be it shadow work and all of that inner work when you feel the drive the need to like uh, change your outer appearance forcefully through an intrusion be it through injection botox or anything reflect first of all what's really going where's it truly coming from where is it coming from you know yeah. what why do you feel this way what does it lead to what does it remind you of you know mm. and that's an opportunity for healing for much deeper because as long as you try to change the external superficially it will never ever you know you may get more attention more attraction but mostly more from the lower vital nature but it will never ever heal that what you are basically running away from Yeah. By trying to forcefully change your physical appearance. Yeah, and it can come from a different place. And even even thinking, I mean, we're we're touching a lot on this issue because it's actually a big shadow in America. No, that's a big shadow. And I so I notice it more and more, but it's all about our relationship to it as well. You know, you can do you can wear makeup and be, and do it from like the like the geishas, for instance, are doing it from a place of wanting to show beauty and you can do it from an extreme place of insecurity. So again, it all depends on where is it coming from within you and are you like America has such a weird relationship with beauty whereas we've And 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 women are doing this to each other too. That's the issue. Is by buying into this culture that the celebrities have kind of like pushed on us and, and these beauty norms, we're actually create creating a harder time for ourselves. So that's why I think it's really important that we have like people who are just naturally aging, accepting themselves who they are. Because the thing is, is beauty is the embodiment of soul qualities. It has nothing to do with what you're put on your face. Yeah. So the more that you're connect, like that's you know you see it and like think of like a beautiful elder indigenous woman who's totally in her power you know yeah. what do you imagine someone with like uh plastic surgery or whatever do you, do you imagine paris hilton dressed up as an indigenous woman <laughs> you know no you 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 can you can you can understand what that looks like you know um yeah. energetically because we're just you know yeah so distracted so, by looks but you know just bring it down to it like you know we're going to end the first hours with some reflective questions yeah on this I, would, topic. I, i would like to talk about those if that's possible yeah, yeah. one yeah. second no But before we go into those, I also want to just, refl- you know, beyond this, uh, the 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 shadow we talked about right now here in the U.S. regarding the the beauty stand and all that. But regardless, the whole point of shadow work trigger is like one key ingredient we see necessary in the work, 
and with the people we go take on this journey with. But in general, the key opponent, and I've said this many times again, is sincerity. And all masters, teachers, even you know, psychologists have talked about it, spiritual masters as well. How sincere are you with yourself? Because I see a lot of people talking about the work, but not really engaging in it. And I'm putting the mirror on myself. How sincere am I with myself? Which means, how am I really facing the lies I'm telling myself, you know, why do I do what I do without justifying it, reasoning, you know, or avoiding my own triggers and my own shadow. So it's just deep sincerity with oneself, the deep self-honesty that is necessary to cross the threshold. And that's not easy because there were all kinds of defense mechanisms will come up, all kinds of other forces coming in when you do from a cold perspective, distract you, tempt you away from the work. We've seen it time and time again. Even people sometimes sign up to the course, sometimes comes up and like they're being distracted, doesn't really want to engage in the work. There will be, that's, that's, that's divine law, right? There will be resistance from the egoic collective slumber, your own stuff coming up, stuff you've never looked at it, doesn't want to be revealed, your own ego and all of that. This is all the resistance. That's why also in this work, besides sincerity, we also need to engage the will to really wanting to do it with 100% commitment. That's the attitude. You know, if some people just like, oh, I just want to, I'm curious about it, I want to check it out, yeah, and all of that, that's not enough. As Gurdjieff said, we need super efforts and that's really important in this work and it's very humbling at times. Yeah, I think it really also, we really want to return to our true nature. You know, there has to be a part of us mm -hmm. that recognizes that what we're experiencing is not the whole of it. And there's so much more that we could be and so much, and it, we would be living in such a different way. You know, there's a basic recognition of the fact that we are living in samsara and there's a huge removal from true nature that's happened and wanting to return to that state. So I don't know where that comes from, but that's what I I know guides me is like I know that there's more to life and I know how I know how dense it is also it, you know especially these past couple years but there's still that aspiration you yeah. know And that's what I want to like. That's definitely I want to get into the second hour as well because it's not just about shadow work alone, not just psychological work alone. It's otherwise you just end up digging in the mud all the time. That's why it needs to be matched with bringing down the divine to to aspire to the divine, bringing God into the picture, your true self essence. And that's why even the course we combine that work. It's not psychological work, shadow work is necessary. It's a foundation, but it needs to be matched with um, spiritual work to bring in the divine, to a true surrender, a true aspiration with the same sincerity. And yeah. that's what we're truly longing for, even unconsciously. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's what helped me a lot in my path, even though I engaged in a lot of spiritual bypassing as well, is like there is a sincere desire to understand God. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, there's... To know God. I, I, yeah, to know God. And I had these, you know, transcendental spiritual experiences and ceremony, meditation retreat. And I was just like, this is what I'm missing in everyday life. And then ironically, you know, I noticed, so, you know, these illuminating experiences are often followed or preceded by a descent into the shadow. So they're intimately intertwined. Yeah. I think in order to align with divine will, which is like really the will of God acting through us, we have to have gone through that transmutation process. Otherwise, it's typically what our idea of divine will is just driving us, which is basically our conditioning patterns, our ego expectations, Truly aligning with divine will is aligning with what God has in store with you. 
And in order to do that, we actually have to make this descent into the underworld. Exactly. That's also the law of ascent and descent. It's not a way out. So I'm and gonna... as, as and like just close off before we go into the questions, um, as Carl Jung said, the tree that reaches to heaven needs to have its roots in hell. Yes. All right. Okay. So let's just add some reflection questions for people to think about to give themselves food for thought and stuff that I think about actually a lot recently. So what qualities do you see in humanity right now that's triggering for you and if you say nothing then think you are enlightened <laughs> um, <laughs> and also not only the trigger you see you because people always we have noticed that people say oh this triggers me this triggers me and then they stop but also inquire that's what i'm getting into oh, yeah there you go yeah. sorry there you go so what qualities do you see in humanity that trigger you right now so for me let me just give you an experiential version like this kind of intense othering and treating other people like vermin, you know, the end, that's how, that's what I, the, what I see, you know, and have I demonstrated this? Have you demonstrated this quality before in the past? Has anyone ever called you these qualities before, or do you exercise these qualities still and judge yourself for it? And if no to any of these, could you imagine a situation where you could perceive yourself demonstrating these qualities? So in this part of the exercise, you're really looking for the seed of it within yourself. You know, have I ever treated people like crap? Yes. Yes, for sure. And I do judge myself for that. Even with myself, you know, I see there's almost this like superiority that comes once you have more self-knowledge and you constantly have to check this spiritual ego at the door mm -hmm. because you want to, you, you think because you can perceive more, this makes you better than people or the ego tries to attach to the things we learn. So yes, I have. Um, we are trying to discover. So the point of this exercise is we're trying to discover what we see in the outer world has in the very least in its potential, the capacity to arise within us. And that's how you basically do exactly. shadow work. And exactly. if you apply this and you feel into all the emotions and sensations that arise within you, when you sit with this process, I can tell you it is incredibly transformative. It's humbling as heck. It's probably the most humbling thing, you know, but this is also how we kind of ally with our shadow is we recognize, okay, I have that capacity within me, you know, and how can I actually work with that so that it's not operating unconsciously within me? Yeah. And if we do this with ourselves on a consistent basis during this time, I just want to thank you because I truly feel that this is what contributes to the betterment of humanity and helps us work with the material that's arising from the collective unconscious right now. Yeah, and uh, for regular listeners or new listeners as well uh, of the podcast, uh, I talked to this uh, as well to Paul Levy, you know, a few podcasts ago. He's been on the show a couple of times. He's the author of Wetico, you know, the alien mind virus, this, uh, the Native American concept of occult forces, but very much relates to shadow work as well. And I, we have, I've talked to him about this as well, and he made the same point. In really, in uh, to truly able to deal with the evil out there, you have to face your own evil and your capacity for your own evil. The reason why a lot of people don't understand what's really going on out there uh, or, or cannot fathom the evil is because they are not in touch with their own dark side. And also, at the same extent, the more you only see evil out there and project it externally and you don't see it within yourself, the more you keep going in circles and feed that... Um, uh, feed that timeline, so to speak, feel that frequency because we're constantly externalizing, right? 
Hence, again, all these forces, all evil had is itself, as, as Paul Levy said, the seed, its own medicine, right? That's, it's all the teaching function in light of the evolution of consciousness. So anyway, we'll go deeper into that in the second hour, where I also want to talk about the occult aspects of shadow projection in light of psychic attacks, and also the necessary to aspire to the divine and bring in the light beyond just digging in the mud, right? The, the law, the ascent and descent, and uh, much, much more. Again, uh, if you're not a member yet and won't have access to the second hour of this these podcasts, go to my website, veilofreality.com and sign up to the membership. And also a reminder, if you want to dive deeper into the work, this work with Laura and myself, we then feel free to apply to our upcoming 12-week intensive group coaching program, Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening. It starts November 22nd until February 10th over this, you know, diving into deep uh, to the end of this year and the start of the new year. So you can find that also at my website to find out more about the course and apply or go straight to awakenapply.com. With that being said, see you guys on the other side. Thank you. Thank you.